Yes, what you see. Iceberg, right ahead! Thank you. Iceberg, right ahead! On the starboard! starboard! Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Yes, icebergs. In case you didn't recognize our opening clip, it was taken from James Cameron's relatively unknown indie film called Titanic. We thought it was a perfect opener for today's episode because although we won't be talking directly about hitting icebergs, we will be talking about breaking them. Today we will be splashing headfirst into the concept of the icebreaker, which reminds me of a famous maxim. In Russia, you don't break the ice, the ice breaks you. This is Against All Oddities. Icebreakers? Icebreakers. Icebreakers. That one's easy. I think it's easy for the three of us because we've all done it a million times. And we're going to do something that both of you hate. Mm. We're going to do a little bit of role play. It'll be complete. No, actually, I'm going to drag. Like I, was, I was trying to think of a situation where I enjoyed role play and I can't think of any. <laughs> All right. Well, and I was in theater in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's it's also Nate's favorite. Um, when the comedy where they just freestyle. Oh God! Whose line is it anyway? That's my no. least favorite. What's show. the style? What is Con- that? Contact and no improv. Improv. A little bit yeah. of improv. A little bit of improv. All right. Okay. Here's the background. It's your wife's work friend and they're getting married you're you're at their wedding you don't know anybody so inevitably you're at a table with a group of people and then your wife gets up and walks away to mingle with the people she knows that you don't and you're at the table eating because the food's still awesome it's a wedding and you're not giving that up but it inevitably becomes the husband's table where you're, you're with like five other husbands. This has happened to me like six times. <laughs> yeah. This is the current situation. <laughs> I don't know. I'm all right, Tim. Continue. I, I feel like this. I don't know why, and I feel like this is just like like my own thing. But I feel like that happens in Roanoke more than it happens elsewhere. Oh uh, well, maybe I'm a little bit biased because the last time this happened to me, it was just straight husbands. And all oh, the work that, people that went. Changes everything a little bit. If there's like, if it's like a like a like a crew of, of a variety of types of people, it's a lot. The problem with husbands is they're notoriously bad at talking. So well, that's that's my point. 
uh, for so this are last you, is wedding. Is it awkward for you, or is it awkward for them, or both? What are you saying? I make it awkward for them, but you it's entertaining it to me. Yeah, like so you're, that's you're, your oh, skill, Tim. Your skill is be, being awkward. Your icebreaker is being the most awkward person in the room. Right, like so your valedictorian speech. Them, they feel comfortable. I know you made a crowd of like four thousand people comfortable <laughs> by making yourself the most awkward human in that place, <laughs> and it and it worked so well. Like everyone was like, I was like, oh no, like Wait, then, talking like, about the graduation you, speech. Yes. Yeah. I was like horrified, and then everybody was like laughing and like completely empathizing with you. You have a great skill. That's like your, that's like your superpower is awkwardness. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's, uh, the warmer. <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite you know, of the cooler. The opposite of the cooler, where I throw myself under the bus to make other people feel good about the situation. Although you That's... put me in an awkward situation because you said that my job was to pull the fire alarm in a stadium filled with 5,000 people if it bombed, quote unquote, too bad. Like I had, <laughs> I had to like, I had to like gauge where that line was. Because like, your whole point was the bomb. You're kind of like the kamikaze of like jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like your, your whole thing is you'll take the battleship down by exploding yourself into its hole. But it but like, it works if, if people come around. And when that happened, when you first like go up there and you're like, uh, this is, I don't know, awkward or whatever. Everyone's like dead silence, like a chirping. But then it keeps going for like three minutes. And then everyone's like, oh, okay. He's probably cool like, I don't know if Chris might have to backtrack that. Just to clarify that, I was the commencement speaker for my respiratory class, but it was also all the associates and bachelors that graduated from Jefferson that year. So it was probably, I wouldn't say 4,000 people, but it was like, what? Plus 2,000 yeah, around there. It was a full oh, stadium. We it, were splitting hairs. It's over a thousand It goes like five to 10, 25 <laughs> to 50, a hundred plus, a thousand plus. There's nothing else. <laughs> like, a thousand plus, maybe. You could do a million. It doesn't even matter at that point. You're you right. Know. It doesn't. And I was scared to death. And I didn't have a speech written. I just had cliff notes. Nice. And a couple of jokes I knew I was going to make. I didn't even practice the thing. Okay, I would also argue that Cliff Notes is a more prepared thing. You kind of just had a cheat sheet. Cliff Notes actually tells you the plot. <laughs> I don't even remember it. The, the only part of it discuss. I remember is uh, making a joke and looking at one of my teachers who just white-knuckled her chair. <laughs> like, started sticking her teeth. Like, I was like, oh... <laughs> And then I'll I think, didn't say, as I was talking, I was like, I don't know if this is going as well as I think it's going. <laughs> yeah. So a priest, a minister, and a rabbi walk into a bar. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No, it, was, it wasn't. It was No, great. it was really it, good. It worked so well, though, is what I'm saying. You like a bunch turned of it into really like ill-timed a... jokes was the whole thing. I'm not and even going to like... The, uh, the closest I got to pulling the fire alarm was I stood up from my seat for a second. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew, I knew you, you had told me that and I we were seated. I don't know if it was assigned or whatever, but I happened to be sitting right next to one. <laughs> like, so I was like, oh my God, I actually might do this. Like I, I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Like, screw it. But I never got past standing up. I was like, all right. I'll just... Um, after that 
there is now a rule where they have to read the speech pre-written before they let you on, <laughs> on <laughs> the stage. But it was, I will, I will say it was very popular. I would say it was a very successful commencement speech or whatever it was, but like there was a, there's a gray area where you're finding your zone. And I think that made them panic about the future, not necessarily you, but like, Oh, this is, we've seen a glimpse behind the mirror of where this could go. <laughs> but then you pull back and you like, you like found that like uncanny Valley between bombing and like success. <laughs> it was great. It worked. I was so proud and happy for you for that it's like you know when the android the uncanny value when an android looks too much like a person it's bad if it looks too much like a robot's bad you need like data like you need yeah (laughs) (laughs) that everyone's comfortable because if it looks too human freaks you out if they look too much like a robot you're like i don't understand you i don't relate to you as a thing but data level that's where you are with your choke like bombing is like replicant <laughs> like, well, I think the pro- yeah. you bomb a joke and it sucks. But if you intentionally bomb like eight of them, it gets kind of funny. Well, you, you, you were you forcing to... empathy. You forced empathy. And it's like, <laughs> because the whole thing about it's like a dog walking up to you and sticking their head underneath your hand for a pat, right? <laughs> like it was you, like most people, they do the whole speech trying to like connect with the audience or empathize. You were, you like did the kamikaze hand grenade of empathy. <laughs> <laughs> like and it was either going to work like, or, or not. Naked. You're like, and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> with my shirt off guys instead <laughs> of imagining the audience naked you just like imagine you yourself naked and you work through it <laughs> <laughs> well all i have to uh, if i find the cliff notes i'll take pictures of them so we can put it up on the website or something because I, I i vaguely remember anything i said i actually barely remember it do you remember um, speech at kevin kevin's wedding yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, Everyone was, you were crying anyway. I don't know I if I was laughing out because it was so funny. Only because you started, you got up there, you pulled out a piece of paper, <laughs> like, oh my God, I wrote a speech. Like, you know, there's nothing on that paper. Or it was just like, it was probably a stick figure and like some like random like jokes. And you go up there, and the best <laughs> thing about it was how sincere you were caught off guard. You just walk up and you know you're going to do something horrible, and you just start crying. And you start. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even get through the first Sorry, word. You look like a little chick. And you really enjoyed this for ten minutes to this soundtrack down. <laughs> and you just start pointing at your face as you turned red. <laughs> like, can you believe this? What is happening? It was funny. So, I didn't actually cry. Like tears weren't coming out of my eyeballs. I was just like crying. You were physically. But you were so caught off that guard and choking up that you were completely right, incapacitated. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, Kevin's yeah. mom started crying because she was laughing so hard. I, was, I had tears on, on my because I was, couldn't. I almost fell on my chair because you just turned beet red and you were just making noises like a fish, like. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're pointing at your face over and over again. <laughs> and then you kind of like calm down and you're like, and then you like would try again. And it would not, I it was so great. Tim, it was brilliant. Time it was... Give a speech. You've got to have like one of those selfie stick, like gimbal things, like sticking off 
off your chest or whatever so you can have a webcam like going or whatever <laughs> of the whole speech like the tim speech like like, Blair like, Witch scenario. exactly because yeah, like, it would be funnier than if I had a camera videotaping it. I'd like it if it was attached to you, so when you look away, it <laughs> yeah. just follows. Yeah, no, and you turn it's like like naked and afraid or whatever, yeah, like right say. in front of your face the whole time, and then <laughs> you know, like see you backstage or whatever, opening up and coming out and looking around. <laughs> Maybe so if I do public speaking in the future, I'll do that. Because the, the other time was my wedding, and Alicia was about to cry, but she said she stopped. Because that same crying thing happened to me. I couldn't talk without like, <gasps> like just crying. <laughs> it's some sort of self-defense mechanism. Where <laughs> What's crazy is I don't cry. Like, I think that's the only time Alicia see me cry was at her wedding. And when Satchel died. Yeah, dog dying. Oh, yeah, that's the cry moments. And that's been like 14 years. years. She's seen me cry like two, maybe three times. Yeah, that's what uh, uh, Mary and Ella say I'm a robot. I said, no, I'm like Spock. I have these great emotions, but I just keep them inside. I don't have to, like, keep them it's out. It's greedy. They're your That's emotions. What? You don't have to let them out through your eyeballs. You're allowed to keep them. It's I same. feel the same. Like, I feel strongly, and I feel moved. I don't know. I get teared up in, like, the arc of movies. Like, something awesome is going to happen, like... When the yes, but it's buried comes. underneath the skin, which is where I keep yeah, it. Yeah, I don't well. actually. Like, <laughs> out. I'm like, yeah, get up, you know, or whatever, or Rocky yeah. Four, you name it. You're like, yeah, like you can feel the choked upness, but it definitely doesn't come like that. Doesn't mean you're crying. You just means you're. That's. I you wonder if there's patients. like, it's a genetic thing that our tear ducts are just backwards, so you end up swallowing all your tears. <laughs> you <laughs> just or it could just be make most... yours audible. Our family like, is not not that kind of family. Uh, so what was that movie? Hachi, A Dog's Tale. Alicia and I watched that, and I got really <laughs> choked up. Like I was close. I was real close because it's uh, like about a dog, and it's the only time I've almost cried over a dog not dying because at the end he's this old decrepit thing like looking for Richard Gear, and I was like, oh man, that's pretty sad. I was like, usually Alicia's crying right now. What's happening? I looked over. She was actually crying so hard she wasn't making any noise. <laughs> <laughs> that she was, was just in suspended animation. Yeah, Mary but... and Ella on the preview for a dog's purpose or whatever. <laughs> like we couldn't even we were like looking for a movie to watch, and it was just like that was trying to. They were like, stop oh, the preview. Can't watch anymore. <laughs> why do humans cry? <laughs> <laughs> I understand why you cry now. <laughs> Hey, I was looking for a pair of normal insurance policies because my blood hurts. But I guess ghosts are cool too. Thanks for the paranormal insurance, Dwarf Trottle. Then I remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. And paranormal insurance from dwarfview.com. I'll tell you, I, well, Tim, you're really good at the speeches and crowds. My max, I'm like five, like five people, like a table at the wedding is like my up to 10 people. Five to that's 10 your, is my that's max. Your, that's your it's golden. It's my sweet spot. Because my whole, well, I mean, I taught school for a while, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I can handle a crowd and be loud, and that's taught me how to be loud and not be scared and talk forever. I could yep. literally stand in front of even the 500 people. I could probably just talk for 10 hours if given the opportunity for, you know, just to ramble because <clears throat> you just get used to standing up there and rambling. But uh, in my current job in sales, like there, like you, you learn to embrace the awkwardness. And I talk to people about that all the time, like trying to train them or whatever. And you like, you know, when you go up in front of a bunch of people and you start to choke, you got to fight through it. You can't <laughs> yeah. like, and you have to embrace that awkward feeling and just let it accept it and let it dissolve into who you are and let it go. And, and I tell that to everybody because people get nervous and pr- I've never practiced a speech in my life, mm. you know, or anything. And I, and I, I can do it, but the, the key is you can't, it's a mental game of just like getting over the self-awareness of what you're doing with other people and any husband's table or whatever, I, it's easy. That's awesome. And all you, you ask a couple questions, whatever. No, it's easy for you. Yeah. It's not easy for everybody. And I was going to bring you into it because your superpower, Nate, is breaking the ice at a party. And I'll get to that in a minute because like the uh, husband's take. I think that's just catching on that. I think Nate's like magic number is like 10 to 15 and like can own it. And yours it's below. Just it's below. Ten, or Okay. But Tim's is possibly a little higher. Like Tim's bad yeah. at the smaller ones, but he can do maybe the 200 to 500 range. I'm not as good at the no. one or the two. Yeah. Like there's like a small group, you know, is way. And I, had, I was at a, a company function a few years ago and I had maybe six people around me and I was cracking joke after joke after joke and talking about the company and people and stuff or whatever, almost like, but it was getting almost stand up y mm-hmm. to the fact that, and somebody kept trying to hand me a mic and get onto, the, onto a stage. I was like, no, no. <laughs> That's where I would pass the mic to Tim and be like, all right, it's your turn. I warm yeah. him up. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I will bomb without like the inner, the personal interactions with people. So the that's that's sort of, I think what you realize is you need an icebreaker to make other people feel comfortable, but selfishly, it's for yourself too, because in order to have a good time, you got to get into a, like a a flow. If it, like, but you got to get into the zone, and it actually ends up being somewhat memorable. And and this is where I go back to the improv. Oh, well, actually, before I'm getting scattered on this because I have too much to say at the same time. Chris is superpower is the opposite of me and Nate's because Nate and I will jump in and just ask a stupid question and get people going because we have follow-up questions and answers and things like that. Chris is able to do it by staying quiet, but then (laughs) saying a lot about something just completely off the wall. Like, Mm -hmm. like you wait for them, like the softball to knock out a home run. If somebody's like, yeah, New York's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I have to do a lot of public speaking too, but I I think a lot of it is, um, I I don't do improvised as well. I I can't do rehearsed. So like, I won't write out what I say because I'll get off track and then it falls apart. But I, I memorize bullet points for sure. You're knowledge based. You're knowledge based. Yeah. You have enough. You're the professor. You're the professor. Which is why we need you on this podcast. 
<laughs> me and Nate are like, yeah, the Green Knight's cool. You can spray paint aluminum foil and be a Green Knight. Kermit the Frog is green. And Chris is like, hold on a second. Well, that's Let's what talk about the Travis Green Travis said stuff. his critique was, it seems like Chris is the only smart one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't argue. I was like, well, I'm yeah, but no one, no one would listen to my podcast. Let's go back. We're gonna, we're at the husband's table. We're, we're improvising now, and we're all gonna practice our icebreakers. Because I'll tell you one that I really like, and I did this at the last wedding that we went to, or one of them. Um, so we're at the husband's table. Everybody's gone. You don't know anybody. It's the three of us. Maybe there's some glasses clinking in the background. Some Kenny G. I don't know what plays at weddings these days. Mm -hmm. What else is the, going on? What are you got? We got classes. Uh, 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 a barbecue place has catered it, so you have a plate of pulled pork and a big thing of beans because it's not, it's that type of wedding. <laughs> and uh, uh, Coors Light with a napkin around it to be fancy. It's a white tablecloth, but you're in is that like fancy, a fancy having a napkin. <laughs> it makes it fancy. If the bartender hands you a Coors Light with a napkin. Yeah, <laughs> is that to cover the label so you're not yes, embarrassing yourself? Yes. So <laughs> it's the the person with the the micro brew is equal to the person with the Coors Light. Everybody's the same in a wedding. You cover it with a napkin. It's equality. I'm the same. There's a bride and groom. Uh, right. And then you're in a, like a barn, and then so this, this is where we're at. We're at the table. Everybody's finished eating, just sort of tapping their glasses, looking around, waiting for their wife to come back so they have something to say. That's when I lean forward way further than I should to get close to everybody at the same time <laughs> to sort of slap the table. <laughs> that's move number one. And then my, the, my, yeah, my ice that you would do that, but not follow up. And then you would do it again 10 minutes later with your actual. Well, if you do it once and they don't look at you, it's, I mean, you just do it again. And then once everybody looks up and you say, all right, you have to do it. You have to do this. You have to get knuckle tattoos. What's your knuckle tattoo? Mm. That's my that's my go-to icebreaker. Because then you can be like, well, because I'd get Taco Bell or corn dogs or uh, I don't know, uh, fist bump or you know, uh, whatever. And if they'd say like, ah, I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it. That's that your says, target. That's that your mark. That says a lot <laughs> about them. Like that tells me a lot about that person. Because they refuse to even pretend they have knuckle tattoos. Yeah, and you will then fixate on them and destroy them slowly. Right, and be like, okay, so that didn't work. What What about what about cake and beer? Well, that's what I mean. In the, at that table, it's best to just answer Tim's question. Otherwise, the eye of Sauron faces directly at you, and then all <laughs> jokes will be pointed at you until something hits. Well, the um, awkwardness that creates the problem is if they don't or they force the issue, it creates the awkward spiral into doom. Which they, is Tim will, Tim will, Tim's defense will be more awkwardness. And then, you know, what's the matter? You only got four fingers. And then the guy holds up a hand and he's missing two fingers or something. Like, and well, then, they clearly thought about it. <laughs> well, that, that would change it because you could get a bunch of two letters in there. You could like it's even yeah. better. There's so many more yeah. things. to get. If you have less than 10 fingers, it's so bet so many more options. He so could get yeah. bite me and he's yeah. missing the two fingers. You bite could have me. no, you could have bit me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I like uh, it's, it's such a good it's such a good one it's so I good. like uh, do uh, Dodge Dog our uh, other our last border collie ish seventy pound 
looking border collie thing. You know, dog paws, you have three knuckles, and he had white paws, as like you think about a border collie. <laughs> and I wrote big dog and uh, <laughs> permanent marker on his knuckles from when he said he got in the pound. <laughs> oh, man, big dog. <laughs> All right, so since we're doing icebreakers, we're back at the table. But what, what, wait, what are your answers for that? For the oh, tattoo? I just went through like six of them. Yeah, but what's your go-to? Uh, I like corn dogs. I th that was because you got corn on one and dogs on the other. But it would also be funny <laughs> to get it backwards. You get dogs on the right hand and corn on the left. <laughs> you like corn dogs? No, man. I like dogs and I like corn. <laughs> I don't like corn but sometimes. Dogs. And then you can go psych and then switch it. Mine is no, my fart. <laughs> no, my beer would also be funny. Yeah, that would be better. <laughs> Mine would just be Dog Coin. Like the bit. Uh, that's yeah. really relative right now, too. That's, yeah. so, that's it's, topical. It's 420 right now. It's 420. But see, that would also that would be a perfect answer for a wedding because if people are into that, they'd start talking about cryptocurrency. Well, I just like it for the wedding 20 years from now when no one knows what the hell a dog coin is. <laughs> is it pronounced dog or dodge? I thought it was dog, like doge, like, like I'm the a dogs. Do like I'm a, I'm a dumb old do dog. Like, look at that dog. Oh, dog. Like, like this a, one. Uh, that's why it has that picture of that like stone-looking Shiba Inu on it. It's like dog Dumb. coin. All right, so those are our tattoos. All right, what's, we're, what's, now, we're back. Yeah, we're back. We're back at the husband's table at the wedding where you are stuck with a bunch of awkward guys that usually, to you, it's like extracting teeth. Everybody's already talked about the weather. Nate's up. Uh, it depends. Well, so the thing is, I, I tailor whatever my conversation is. I've already observed what the people are like. You know, are they... Yeah, you got to read a room. You, you read the room. And that's, I mean, that's true. And any, if you're doing a, a lunch thing at a, in a corporate office or whatever, training or something, you got to you got to see what the people are like, no matter what. Yeah, how drunk are they? Like Yeah, and if they're a bunch of the drunk guys or are there kids around? Like how where there can are kids. It's seven PM. Everybody's just opened their third beer. Alright, you know what I do? I make a paper football and I flick it at the guy across from me. <laughs> I've seen you do that like maybe six times. Yeah, and guess what will happen? They <laughs> automatically they, start playing. They can't <laughs> not. Like especially well it depends on the age. I don't know if kids still do that. But, like, I think there is a 30-year space of growing up where if you're at a cafeteria table, you would be, no matter what, you're going to be playing. Well, yeah, do kids still do that? I bet kids don't do that anymore. Make I bet they would pay for football and play yeah. table football. Yeah. That was such a fun game, though. Nate is yeah. correct in doing that. Yeah, because no matter who, even, no matter, even if they were, no matter what... If they were Dungeons and Dragons guy or Jock yeah, or whatever, I'm not know, everyone sports, knows so. how to play that. Everyone knows how to do it, and they're immediately going to flick it back. No matter what, no matter who it is, they're going to start playing, even if they don't want to. Like, get the <laughs> out of me. That is <laughs> such a good icebreaker, though. Cause it landed in Mike Moore's light. And you don't even need to talk about anything that could get you nope. into trouble, like politics or anything. You're just playing the game. 
Yeah. Good answer. I remember one time we were somewhere. I, I have no clue where it was like a restaurant or something. And you were making a paper football out of a napkin. And I was like, what are you doing? And then Dave Van Blaricom just pulled an actual one out of his pocket. It was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like when someone pulls out like a designer dart set for playing darts. It's like Dave with a paper football. It's like perfectly sealed with like a tape. Like it was taped and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris's turn. Finished our cake and all the wives have gone dancing, but you're too tired and awkward to do it. I Chris would, is up. I would immediately start complaining about the dog that my kids want. <laughs> this, but you don't have kids or a dog. I know. It doesn't matter. Those two things open Chris any goes for the lie. <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's like, man, my kids want this dog, but it's like, I really want a big dog, but I, they really want this dumb small dog. I swear to God, if, if this is like for third beard dudes, they all have opinions on dogs and kids. Dogs is a good one. You, you dogs, can bring it up without exposing that you have neither dog nor kid. Oh, you don't and you get could be like, people that well at, at weddings. Do your, do, your kids, do your kids ever just want a really dumb looking dog? And you're like, like yeah. It's like, I'm already disappointed in the kids. I don't want to be disappointed in the dog. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was that movie with uh, where those people kept fighting uh, about their kid or something? It turns out they didn't even have a kid. Oh. And it was in, it's, a, it's like a movie from the 60s. It was pretty. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yes, yes. You could do that, but about dogs and kids, and by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I just memorize the like the the famous scene from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, where I'm like pretending to be drunk on a swing in the backyard, um, and just rock back and forth on your chair at <laughs> yeah. the wedding. Yeah, actually, I, I mean, I I normally just uh, empathy through it, so I usually just like start talking about whatever they clearly are brooding about, which is usually dogs and kids. And or sports, which I can hold my own for like 10 minutes and then I like bail. Okay, so you go for not common ground, you go for their common their ground. common ground. I have to try to, I have to try to, I have to, I have to water and fertilize the small green leaf growing in their like their subconscious that they want to express themselves, but they can't. So I, I give them fertile ground to grow. Or okay. sometimes I do that magic trick where you make a card disappear behind your hand. Yeah, that's a good one. Magic tricks are great. That's the only I mean, one. That's I can a do, different way to but do it's it. A, I practiced it enough in high school that I could, it's the one thing I can you do. You taught it. me how to do it. I, I haven't thought about it in about it. ten years. But and that's what I would do at parties in college. That was my thing. And and the problem is you can never have the card on you because that's desperate. If you pull the card out of your pocket. But if someone else already has the cards, let's say there's a pack of Uno cards at the wedding table because a bunch of dumb kids are just playing it and now they're running around off. Yeah, yeah, way cooler, way Then cool. you pull a thing and you do something, but no, you can't just pull it out of your own pocket. As I was thinking, if you need to impress kids, you could carry around like 10 random Pokemon cards and then just make it not disappear, but appear out of nowhere. And then just you give them the card. You know what kids? Smoke cigarettes. Anything. Blows Smoke their mind. <laughs> Scratch off a lottery ticket. <laughs> like, let them pump the gas. Yeah, it's, it's not... <laughs> adult stuff blows their minds. Or at, at a wedding, you'd be flicking the beer t caps. Second, 
second situation, and I'm going to either that's we're no longer at a wedding, though, right? I can stop yeah. Well, let's move it to party. Wedding. Okay, but it's icebreakers. What kind of party? It's it's uh, again like a work party. It's it's a party that you feel obligated to go to, but you know nobody at, and you end up. It doesn't. It could be a mixed group of people. Of various stages of yeah, uh, professionalism but like, okay, and we've age all been at this party. We all work in different industries. I feel like we're going to maybe have different answers for this, but I'm I'm going to put background music to all these segments. So, like, what is the classic mandatory work party background music? Uh, top forty Pandora stations is usually because I've noticed that not everybody oh my God, is. You work uh, at a hospital. That's so uncool. I was about to say, not everybody. I bet is Nate's eclectic. gonna be. I bet your 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 industry is gonna be a little bit more rock based. <laughs> well, it depends. I was, you know, it came to mind. I was thinking, you know, the last time I was in New York for business was the Christmas. I do the industry Christmas party uh, in Manhattan, right? And I always come and see you, or used to. And uh, the uh, the I was just thinking the last time I I went to that. There was a freaking musician magician they had hired that was going around doing card tricks, and he broke the ice for everybody else there because you're I in know, a group of why... people. People are standing around, and you had this guy like in a shitty suit and tennis shoes, but doing these awesome card tricks. I mean, he was really good, and he was working like. But it, it's like even if you're standing by yourself, yeah. he would come up to the scattered group of like three or four people. And start doing, and everyone looks, and he would create the group uh, to talk, mm -hmm. and then um, focus. He, he give was everyone focus. a card. Yeah, yeah, he's the focus now. He would give everyone a card with like what uh, your initials that you chose, and you keep the card, and he'd walk off, and then now everyone's talking. Holy, shit, that's crazy. Yeah, then you talk I about that about for like two hours, even though he's entertaining someone. Yeah, else. and then he goes off, and he finds if you watch him, he would find like scatter groups or where you could tell like people are struggling to have a conversation, and that's for me the that's awkward so part. Good. The awkward part of those parties is I, I my goal is always to talk to everybody I can there. Yeah. Just to, if it not, I'm not trying to sell anything, but it's a for a networking event yeah, or something. It's like it's a part of sales that isn't selling. Well, it's just remembering who's there or what they do, and yeah. have them remember who you are and what you do. And the only real skill in sales sales is like have have people like know that you're associated with blank, and if they have a question, they call you or think about you. They'll or that product or yeah. problem, they'll give you a call or service or whatever. But the uh, the 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 problem I have is breaking that off. Like you know, you get you can corner somebody or get cornered by somebody yeah, very when easily. You get cornered by someone. That's yeah, like breaking off. That's as just as hard as starting up a conversation, and like uh uh chum chum chum. Like that's easy, right? But the hard the hard part sometimes is like stopping it. Right? Yeah, like, like I gotta go. Like talk. Oh, 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 and like oh, let's look at some more kids or grandkids or blah 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 or boats or whatever. And then like that's a whole. And then but you don't want to make it awkward for them to leave. Especially too. since you're gonna like walk five feet and start talking to someone else. Not five feet because that's close enough you could just pivot. But if there's someone like 20 feet away, then you can't. I'm okay with the awkward slight turn where every where all the conversation dies. Oh no, that's dies. not awkward. That's mandatory. It's a it's a rotation of 90. Well, it's like kind of dies, and then you kind of rotate off, like you're saying. That's totally acceptable, and I'm not awkward. I just 
my goal, and this is for everybody, like when that I, I'm especially in any business sense or whatever, my goal is to make sure everyone's comfortable. And I, I just don't want things to be awkward for other people. I don't care if I in, I'm in an awkward situation ever. Yeah, but um, well, that, I that's can what breaking the ice is: is making, giving people a focus and making people feel comfortable talking to you, which in turn hopefully makes it comfortable. So where everybody's talking to each other, and that's the that's the whole ice breaking thing. If it's if it's just frigid and cold and and hard to even know what to say or to feel comfortable saying anything or even want to say anything. It, there's no conversation and there's no fun or relaxed atmosphere. But if you give somebody a Mad Lib to fill out, like it, it becomes kind of fun, or at least for the, that portion of the conversation. But mm. if you are successful at it, then you get stuck in the situation that you're at because these people feel comfortable talking to you and sharing with you. And suddenly there is a selfish turn where it stops being entertaining for you. Because you wanted to talk about knuckle tattoos, and now they're talking about their kid's babysitter charging too much or something. And you're like, what That's would the kid's fault, babysitter have no, tattooed <laughs> knuckles? Would it be baby sits? I mean, <laughs> um, so there, there, when the ridiculousness Terrible. of it that, that's entertaining goes away, there is this sort of challenge to sort of refocus yourself or to stay uh, involved with the other person once you establish that relationship. I, I mean, for my job, I had to basically run parties of 40 people who don't know each other, like on a semi-weekly basis. And they're and I, all weirdos, too. They're all weirdos. They're all awkward. I mean, that's not true. You find the good ones and you try to hold on to them, but like it's, they, they have a job to do, too, which is... No, so all artists are weird and but some are social and some are not yeah 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 <laughs> but uh they uh so i i i was asking about because i'm trying to put sound effects behind when we're talking about these situations and <laughs> not that we I could mean, do it for you no you're pandora 40s i think nate's is going to be classic rock at those parties with the magician am i wrong well yes and no because it's if mainly you're... at bars right all right no it's it's no, they're at like hotel functions or exactly. like so. I, I could be standing behind a booth or I could be in front of a crowd of 20 people at a conference table like it changes. Right. But here's but Chris, I, my favorite thing is that Christmas party. I took you and dear God, we should call Kevin Burke at some time. But I took you into the uh, I was like, well, let's go into this bar. There's an industry event. And you happened to I was walking randomly in Manhattan. <laughs> in Manhattan in and you're like, oh, and no one hangs out in Midtown. No one. And but Chris, we were both Chris, there. Chris was like, yeah, I'm like literally one block from you right now. While I'm walking <laughs> yeah. to this bar, I go up to this party Chris is at. Grab Chris, go to this bar. I was like, he's like, I don't want to go to this. This is some industry thing. I was like, I think you'll be perfectly comfortable at my my middle-aged electrical industry people. And we walk into a bar in the which is probably the coolest guy in the industry. Kevin is like has his tie down and he's singing Tupac word for word. Not a no karaoke machine. He's just singing it at a bar. He's like, this other guy's like, Nate! And then like runs over with two beers or whatever. But it wasn't like, an Irish bar, and I do I was thinking that same exact party, and there was definitely like just like um like 
ACDC on in the background. Like, for oh, sure. yeah. Oh, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the parties, well, what I like about that night and that you brought that up is kind of a good because there's two parties we went to that night. Well, you didn't just come get me. You came into, I was at a party in Midtown. And you yeah, were I went in, in there. And you were like, come to my party in Midtown. So we went to both parties in Midtown. Mine was at this art. The arty oh, one, yeah. This art one for this foundation where they had like a hundred people who I knew no one there. But I was like, there's free food and like booze here. So come on up here and then we'll go to the place where you're going. Yeah, I remember but it. it yeah. But like we were all just, I, I think, I think we kept mingling with different crowds, but it was always about Star Trek. But anyway, maybe that was just our combined powers. But uh, so I have to do a lot of parties in New York when I was living there. And I, it was a, I love Mulatu Estaki. He's an Ethiopian jazz. I'm sure you would recognize it if you heard it in the 70s. But it's so cliche. I swear to God, every single freaking cocktail party I ever went to always had like either a Mulatu Estaki, like um, Pandora Channel or, you know, Spotify playlist off of that. Or someone that straight up is playing full albums. I'm telling you, all of them. And it, <laughs> and it sucks. A, I love it. It's really good music. But B, it ruined it. So that is the background music for the parties that I had to go to. And the I was thinking of, you said the magician. I was thinking of one, instead of a magician, it was a mentalist. And I don't know if that's ooh, like- the, uh, ooh. Did you go to a party one. with them? Well, my coworker did. So my coworker is telling me, I probably could have gone to this party. I happened to, didn't go to this one, but I also guarantee you Mulatu, Mulatu Staki was playing and there was like, um, a mentalist and it was doing the same thing but it seemed to be a little bit it's probably just as entertaining as a magician but it was a little bit more unnerving like people maybe cried <laughs> like a little uh. kind of gets under the skin because they're like I don't know how they do it there's no cards but they just walk up and you're like I can guess your middle name and tell you what your brother's middle name and that your dad is dead <laughs> or something you're like wait yeah <laughs> and uh, i just talked to my dad an hour ago oh let me well, call yeah. him <laughs> he's not but, picking but up the <laughs> thing is real weird because their whole thing is like reading people so well that they can just get this information from you after yeah. a 30 second conversation and then they can also plant stuff into your head so that you remember the thing they want you to remember it's real creepy Oh, I did you see that there's a great documentary and I tried it on Ella too, like how to be an evangelist and they do the same thing. Like you're it's it's a hypnosis. It's a because I, I started studying hypnosis and I tried it on Ella and she screamed and Randa got married. It's like dad's messing with my brain. <laughs> but <laughs> when she was younger, but uh, but teens yeah. are definitely right for the picking in that department. Their brains are like fertile ground for like hypnosis and well it, it's great because like even like the guy that well maybe it was youtube video i watched a lot of how-to hypnosis videos but um it, it's great because what you do is you plant the idea early like in, in so early like if you had a poster up that said free funny hypnosis hypnosis thing that poster is actually conditioning you to when you show up to the hypnosis thing to what's going to happen and then the creepier thing is like uh, the weird super evan evangelist, weird uh, church things like the uh -huh. revival stuff yeah. is almost exactly the same setup as mm -hmm. one of the like funny hypnosis things like 
you're going to fall asleep and be a chicken for five minutes, it's almost identical. Yeah, like you still need thing, human contact. Good. You still need a, a element of surprise. You still need an element of like... Yeah, but you, there's conditioning before that. And mm -hmm. it's always like... And then it, even up to the second, it's like, when I touch your head or the hypnosis is they, when I snap my fingers or blah, blah, blah. There's all these... And that's been preconditioned before they even like start to get up there. Yeah. It's, it's a cool process. And I like it but I could never, it, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't see how it could, it could work for anything uh, really financially for anybody. No. One of my favorite, <laughs> to backtrack a little bit. Did that fart go through the microphone? Yes, it did. That's awesome. <laughs> it got, it went through my smellophone, which is up here too. <laughs> One of Nate's, if there's an awkward silence. It's the party scenario, work party, whatever. But I'd say it's reserved for more where uh, uh, maybe Nate's friends with people, not strangers. Mm, yeah. Is the baby bird question. Ah, <laughs> great one. Is uh, just randomly, everybody's just like but isn't talking this, about, you know, politics. Kind of a, yeah, and then kind of you hear... conversation hu corner, maybe. Yeah, you... Okay, I'll... Well, these I are mean, the questions. These are the questions. Yeah, it's 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 not even an icebreaker. It's just how Nate starts random conversations multiple times is uh like oh yeah did you see that that thing on the news yeah that's horrible silence for one two go time Nate who would you rather baby bird you Danny DeVito or uh, uh, Sean Connery before he died yeah, no it was it was like three of them it was Sean Connery Oprah. Or Danny DeVito. Uh, no, it wasn't Danny DeVito. That was the last one. No, who was Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs? Oh, Steve Buscemi? Steve Buscemi was the third one. So, <laughs> and if you don't pick Oprah, something's wrong with you. Because... <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe just to clarify, Baby Bird is the person is chewing up food and spitting it into your mouth. <laughs> well, obviously. Well, it may not be obvious for some Oh, it's obvious to our listeners. They've all thought about Oprah baby birding them. You know, actually, I think the very first conversation corner we ever had on this podcast was the baby bird. And it was with those exact people. I think it was DeVito, Sean Connery, and Oprah. Uh, yeah, it could be Danny DeVito switches that in and out of um, Steve Buscemi. No, because I always feel bad for Steve Buscemi. Like, he wouldn't want, he could, he, you know, he would be He so, would feel sad while he He would it. be so embarrassed about it. Oprah would own it. That's why she's so good at it. Well, the, so would like, Sean Connery, but in a gross way. Yeah, I'd rather... And Sean Connery, dead, what did, so what did Sean Connery eat for breakfast? You know, what did he Oprah eat? Eggs. Eggs. Ate eggs. Always yeah. eggs. And haggis. <laughs> they were like scrambled eggs and black pudding. <laughs> yeah. And then Oprah had like a variety of organic fruits. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... I should take Oprah off the list because it's too easy. It's it should too be, easy. It should be Danny DeVito, Steve Buscemi, or Sean Connery. So the Riddler for this week is you got to come up, uh, send us your best icebreaker, one-liner, or like Tim would say, physical action, like whatever you do to break the ice at a party. Um, you can email us at wizard at dorfu.com or 
it's you know get it us you can record yourself you can also just write it and we'll read it whatever you want we'll find a way and you will you'll get a you'll get a wizard prize wizard prize you know what uh you know what an icebreaker is that we didn't talk about, which is a really good one. Um, is if you're at a you're at say the a table of people you don't know, is to reach in your wallet and pull out a paranormal insurance card. I swear it is the best icebreaker you can ever have. All you have to do is be like, look at this amazing paranormal insurance. I got it. You pass it around like these guys. It's for real. They only cost six dollars. And you start talking about all the ways that you uh, have a better life. For that's actually that's so true. I've done it like twenty times, and I, I know, like, okay. super good friend. Okay, yes, I like it's kind of an ad for a card that you can buy. But I'm telling you, um, the card is the product. I mean, you also get coverage, but like, it's such a conversation starter. It's such an icebreaker. You just pull it out. And everyone just starts talking about it. Plus, because you know, the paranormal is always interesting. Even if you hate it, you like can't not talk about it. It's a great conversation starter. It's a great icebreaker. Brought to you by Dwarf Prattle. Dwarf.com. Yeah, and- D-O-R-F-Y-O-U.com. Paranormal insurance cards. Never be awkward at a wedding again. Or be awkward and funny on purpose. Yes, yeah, you're still <laughs> going to be awkward, but people are going to like appreciate it. <laughs> Plus, with the new government reports coming out with UFOs, now might be a good time to buy it before prices go up. Prices are definitely going to skyrocket once once the cat's out of the bag. There, and, it's and we, out, right? Yeah, we we accept uh, wizard coins. So that's why I I brought that up. So maybe you guys learned something today, other than mm. that I cry in public speaking as a way to distract <laughs> from how bad my words are. You just fall on your tears like swords. So I don't <laughs> cry in the, from emotional things. I, I cry as an escape mechanism twice yeah. in my life. It's like it's pulling an escape pod. It works every time. That's why, like like a painting, if you can't make it good, make it big. <laughs> like, a, like a speech or make if it's a not going to be good and your was... words are bad that's what I I didn't learn anything I never do but perhaps we filled the void perhaps we broke the ice and we taught others 